You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Now plug yourself in the ass. It's the time for another Go Plug Yourself podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to our Audio Buzz Fringe. Number two. Number two. This time around, we watched The Kicker, a throwback to the early 1980s era of television and cheesy sitcoms. Yeah. Starring, I guess, Vance Gillis and Bianca Yates. Yeah. What was this show about, Sarah? So it's about Vance's character, Don, who's mm-hmm. a producer, mm-hmm. being like a chauvinistic, gross asshole. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, those typical guys right. in the 80s where you're just like, yeah, that's what a producer is. Like, right. Typical producer dude. Yeah. Um, and like then a, few, a few too many buttons undone, a gold chain. Yeah. Like a polyester All the jacket. colors. All the colors. <laughs> mm. Right. Um, rich dad. Right. So rich dad. Who seems sets like the scene. All right. Rich dad. Douchebag. Right. Right. Um, and then Bianca, who used to be a comedian and then became an actor. Is a comedian. Is a comedian. Sorry. It's true. Because the other girl was not used to be a comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, is a comedian. Gets on a sitcom where she's like the lead actress. On Justice like, Family. That's it. Justice Family. It's like this lawyer show. Yeah. Um, and then basically she wants to work with Don, the character Don's father with a script that she has for all women's going on vacation in their thirties. And he's like, sexy tiki. Yeah. Sexy tiki. And he's just like, no, that shit's not going to sell. Exactly. You can't sell a movie about women. It's the 80s. <laughs> or early 80s. Early specifically. 80s, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I think it's 1982 specifically set. So, and it all takes place in uh, in basically one day on set. Yeah. So, um, what'd you think of it, Sarah? So, we went to go see it on opening night. Right, which is always... It's a hit or miss. It's always sometimes. dicey, especially yeah. like, like I will say, um, just to set, set, the, set the stage a little bit, there's, I guess... Hang on, I'm going to count. There's like the three main women, four main women. Yeah. Then there's Vance as Don, and then there's the writer. Yeah. And those are like six major roles that all have a lot of dialogue. Yeah. And then there's three or four. Four. Yeah, exactly. People like crew members. So you have like like a cast of 10 on a fringe show. It's it's a very big cast. It it has a a lot. And it's a 50-minute show. Yeah. It has a, a very – it has a feeling – I mean, like, with fringe shows, it's always kind of hit or – not to say hit or miss. It's always kind of – there's, like, two different varieties of fringe shows. There's yeah. Your, your one-man, two-man. There's not a lot of shows that always go, like, full – production. This is a full yeah. production on stage. And this is a full production on stage. So yeah. it's – I don't know if it was maybe a little unwieldy. It's opening night. There's a lot of jitters. There's – they do a lot of set changes, pulling – Yeah, I thought they did really good in transitioning the set, mm-hmm. like, the way that they – move things around and like made into a new scene. I mm-hmm. thought that was really great. Um, I thought Vance was amazing. Like he was to me the only person that I was engaged with, even though he was like you're, I liked, supp- um, you're supposed to hate him and you did. And I thought he did a good job of it. And then I kind of felt like uh oh also Bakari. I really like Bakari, the actress. Yeah. Menji, I wanna say. Yeah. Yep. So she was also great. I thought like she was really like she's not she is like 
I think she's more of a supporting than a lead, to be honest. Well, but the she, way that they're she's the, like a strong supporting. Yeah, role. She's, like strong she's in supporting. a lot of scenes, and she also she's kind of the the, the crux of the yeah climax. As but well. I found that she was more of like the star than other people because of the way she was. I don't know. I just felt like her, the way that she was acting. Right. It, she was more present. Like right. you, I felt more that she had more of a presence than um, the other main characters. But like she was great and Vance was great, um, yeah. They were they were the two most engaging characters for me, and I felt like opening night jitters that could have suffered for oh, a few so, of the other people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, like the the story itself, like it was okay. I felt like it may have been too short. Yeah, they, I feel I like, maybe like there's something missing. They might have they might have written it as a longer piece, and then yeah. I, mean, I think like basi- basically your longest slot that you can get at Fringe is usually sixty, 60 minutes. Yeah, and some people go ninety, but like I said, this might have yeah. been a bigger story. One of the things that I'll say um, is we like, which I thought was a very strange decision. So if you guys are listening, and it, like, I really get the feeling that it was cut personally, is that we have the we've established that um, Bianca Yates's character Heather is like a, a whip-smart, edgy comedian in the 80s who's like playing clubs and is like super smart and has but like you this only find this out at the end. Well, but no, they, they, they say it. They open it up when um, when Alex Brown's character talks about it being like... When, and the writer says, you'd tear the show apart of one of your sets, you know? Like, like there's a lot of characters talking about her being a comedian, yeah. but we never get to see her do any. And I was like, it would have it really... And like just to an example, we don't want to necessarily spoil too much, but the opening scene of the film of the film of the play <laughs> is uh, Bianca like running through lines and basically uh, Vance's character telling her to like keep dumbing it down, dumbing it down, dumbing it down. So like really kind of like holding your hand and explaining to you that they're like they're dumbing down the script for cheap laughs. And I feel that if you would maybe like open... Like, it's a bad sitcom show. Yeah, like it's one of those like, like terrible primetime yeah. garbage network sitcoms. So like they set that up perfectly. Right. But if they had, before that, if they had shown, say, the night before, Bianca's character doing, like, ripping smart, it, edgy yeah. comedy, not necessarily ripping into the show, but just showing the... No, not the show. I'm just saying, like, ripping at the club, like... I'm ripping at the club? Ripping it at Yeah, the exactly. Club. Killing it at the club, let's say. That's like, the word. Just setting up, <laughs> setting her up as a smart, edgy comedian, and then you'd see the, um, like, the contrast of, oh... This this she's, is not her comedy. This yeah. isn't her comedy style. This is something that she's doing. Like she's super talented. What the fuck is she doing there? Yeah, kind exactly. Of thing. That's it. So it was just it was kind of weird, and then uh, an especially weird choice as a viewer because Bianca is like by trade a, a comedian. comedian. Exactly. Yeah. Like she could just I don't know maybe. And she's 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 good for. Yeah, she's she's fun and good, and I was like maybe yeah, she could have like eighties up some of her material yeah. and like made some like you know. Reagan she's good for doing like the sassy. Yeah, like, exactly. Comedian. Like she, she has, could do that. Yeah, so it was like it was really weird that you had you had her. She has the comedy chops to maybe do like maybe like a two or three minute one or two jokes and then like just fade or out. Or even just like one. Like I don't know, but anyway. You know what I mean? But like exactly. Yeah. Like It was just it was kind of weird that we we had to like we had to take it for granted that she was a talented comedian. Yeah. Because you don't actually see that in the character. You see that obviously she's like sassy and edgy as a person. Yeah. But like we never get to see her do comedy. Yeah. So we're like, how do we know that her script is good? Yeah. You know, like we're just like, we're just take like, she's trying to sell this script, Sexy Tiki. All we've seen is her basically do bad comedy on the sitcom and then be kind of like at her wits end backstage. And we don't really have anything to grab onto. Like other, 
like people establish it in the dialogue that like yeah she's they, good but it's like halfway through where they really start pushing that she's a really good comedian like yeah. what is she doing yeah stop being a solo and like i said i think it, it might have just been one of those things that got cut for time yeah but it would have i think it would have helped me as an audience member kind of like yeah. it's when you're watching the show it's a little bit hard to get in behind bianca's character because you're just hoping that she's talented instead of knowing that she's talented you're just sort of like okay she has this script she's a woman trying to make it and people are maybe not making it because they're chauvinists and and again i'll say that like i i i thought that the show was like this is not a bad show if it sounds like i'm super super negative it's not a bad show and i just i think that the characters all the characters could have had a little more time to breathe, and and it's just one of those struggles. I think of when you're trying to put on what essentially comes out to like a full fledged play, yeah. and you're trying to keep it to under an hour, you're you're, you're cutting here and there, yeah. and you're trying to keep the core out. And I think all of these characters really could have could have done with a little bit more time to breathe, yeah. and it might just be a function of the fact that and you don't have the time. Yeah, and I know, like I said, like the opening night jitters yeah, exactly. may have like impacted like the whole engagement with Bianca's character like you have more of engagement with like like we said with uh Sahara, yeah Sahara's yep. character Bakari more than the actual person the play is about mm-hmm. so but I think it could have just been more of like like we said the opening night jitters for that but I mean it's it's fun mm-hmm. um it's just like there's some things like we said may have may have been able to, like, improve it a lot more when you have an hour and a half instead of 50 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Because it does feel like, oh, shit, you want to see, like, a little bit more of this and you want to see a little bit more of that, but you know that that's not going to happen Mm -hmm. unless they literally have a two-hour slot so they can, like, clean up after and everything like that. They have a huge amount of stuff, like, as part of their sets. Like, even though they have, like, uh, they're in the mini, uh, sorry, they're in the main, not the mini main, Mm -hmm. and it's, like, a, a big area and they use it really well. Yep. And they use their, they use what they have extremely well in terms of setting the scene and making you feel like, Oh, this is exactly where you're supposed to be right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and I thought that was really fun. Mm hmm. And also, the 80s dresses are amazing. Yeah. And uh, we, were, we were kind of, I mean, like, obviously, obviously. There's a than, lot of teal. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, there's a lot of, um, I was going to say, like, there's a lot of, like, a, a woman comedian making it in, like, a very chauvinistic uh, situation. And and I guess they obviously said it in the 80s to kind of, like, put a magnifying glass on that. And I'm sure, I'm, and I mean, I, I know this is still something that, like, female performers deal with yeah. on a regular basis. And I think they just kind of wanted to, like... But to make that, like, really chauvinist guy, like, you need to be, like, 80s, 90s. Yeah, exactly. So. That's it. Like, I get why, but I mean, but I also... no one's that outspoken anymore. No one's, like that fucked up as like i'm sure those guys exist yeah but you don't hear about it anymore being like oh this producer's a piece of shit like he sleeps with everybody and like doesn't give them a role or whatever that happened in the 80s and 90s all the fucking time there's also there's there's another thing uh but i but i mean but just as to to finish up on that thought um i feel that at least part of the inspiration for the 80s was that they someone had a bunch of 80s clothes and it's just like they they just wanted to dress up in 80s clothes or like i don't even know that like they have like this bar thing with lights and i was just like where did you get that (laughs) in my head when it came out i was like that is magic (laughs) the other thing i will say that and this is just like the most minor of criticism in the world is that you have your asshole chauvinist gold chain wearing producer and he doesn't do any cocaine. 
Oh, yeah. We were like, where's the cocaine? <laughs> they bust out a box. And I swear to God, like the girls bust out a box. I was like, it's cocaine time. But it wasn't. And then they like they roll a joint or something. Like, yeah, yeah. I really thought it was going to be cocaine. Cause yeah, it was, it was like, like you, I was like, you have this like big shot Hollywood. But it is the pretty. end of the the seventies, so people are still smoking pot. Yeah, but lot. that guy like Don. He, he definitely Don does, does cocaine. cocaine. Like, there's no way Don doesn't do cocaine. Yeah. And I think it would have been a great laugh like, just to see him when, do it. Yeah, like, I'm not going to tell you how to write the show, but I was expecting cocaine. <laughs> yeah, where's the coke? Yeah. Um, closing comments. Um, go see this show if you want to see an actual full-on play, mm-hmm. but don't want to sit through two hours of that. <laughs> oh, and I'll also say it's, I mean, there's basically, the by far, I would say... It was really put together. Like, no, but I'm saying like 60 to 70% of the lines come from female actresses yeah. too, as well. Like it's like between the three... The, th- the three main female friends yeah. and Bakari, who becomes, like, the fourth female friend. Uh, and then, obviously, so there's Dawn, and then there's the reporter. But, yeah, so, like, of the six basically major speaking roles, four of them are women, which isn't something you see all the time, which is, that's that's yeah, obviously that was, cool. Yeah, that was fun, too. And but, yeah, it was fun. It was mm-hmm. good. Good times. Good times. Uh, we're not exactly sure what we are going to be seeing next. The things that we are going to try to see next are Empty Rooms. Uh, Dude, You Suck, and Plays by Kids. Those are on our immediate radar. Hopefully we're going to have those episodes up in the next couple days. And uh, if you see us around the fridge, say hi to us and uh, buy us a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. Hope you're enjoying the frame bed. Those sweet, sweet piano tunes you're listening to right now come courtesy of Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude. Oh, man, that was some great podcasting, wasn't it? Anyhow, be sure, as always, to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, add us on iTunes, buy our stuff, and basically try as hard as you can to make us happy in every single way possible. Uh, Of course, be sure to check back every day on 9to5.cc for comics on Wednesdays, podcasts on Thursdays, Scott or Sophie's art on Fridays, and seriously, we'll try as hard as we can to get Zombies and Loathing, Fuck Mondays, and Templars back as soon as we can. Thanks for listening, everyone. 9to5.cc We're not working, why should you?